The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, December 9th, here to discuss our NFL Week 14 player props. And joining me, as usual, to help me break down the card, you know him as the hardest-working man in the sports betting industry. It's my main man on the West Coast, Rod Gomez. Rod, what's going on, my man? Happy Friday, brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I, I'm still trying to figure out whether or not last night's game was good or not. I mean, I know that the the end of it was exciting, uh, but I, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about last night's game. Look, Rod, you and I have talked about ad volumes, how bad uh, Thursday night football has been. At least over the course of this, like we know we're going to get the crappy matchups. I think the NFL does this on purpose. They'll put some crappy matchups on there throughout the season. They know that it's a standalone game and people are still going to watch it. But I think last night was a game that was like tailor-made for a Thursday night football game, and it ended up falling on Thursday night football. Um, I didn't – I'll be honest. I didn't catch a lot of it. I, I tuned in, to, I think, the second half. But – I'm not sure if John Wolford actually started the game and then Baker came in or if Baker started the game uh, right off the top. So Wolford came in, handed the ball off three times and disappeared. That was literally the extent of his playing time. He did not even attempt to pass, didn't do anything but hand the ball off three times, and then it was Baker Mayfield day. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, look, last night we can just talk about the game. We'll talk about our props here as well. But, um, I mean, an exciting finish if you're... So I guess what we're used to seeing, uh, Baker Mayfield looked absolutely atrocious for the first three and a half quarters. Uh, But again, it's not his fault, Rod. Like He he came over off of waivers from Carolina, got on the plane to L.A. I think he got there, what, I want to say Monday or Tuesday. Probably didn't have practice, was probably trying to learn their playbook. But lo and behold, here comes the fourth quarter. Another team that blows a 16 to three lead uh, Baker in that fourth quarter leads two touchdown drives for the Los Angeles Rams, including the final go ahead touchdown 98 yards after what was almost a perfect punt by the punter of the Raiders. I was like, Oh boy, this is not going to turn out to be very good for the, uh, sorry for the Rams. Uh, and here comes Baker Mayfield and he leads this team down uh, 98 yards, gets to Van Jefferson for the touchdown and, my man is so hyped on the sideline that he headbutts another player of his uh, or his teammate with no helmet on, Rod. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, if you want to go ahead and just start that one game or play that one game for your team, that's the way to do it. But no, I mean, I, I at that point, I'm sure adrenaline was flowing through his veins. I mean, it yeah. was just a, an ice cold drive, an ice cold, absolute dominant performance in that last drive. Uh, now, of course, you know, the Raiders did not help themselves. Uh, at all in that last drive, but 
still Baker Mayfield proved that he was gritty enough to take a team that literally just walked in the door uh, to a win. So, I mean, look, like I said, I'm still trying to figure out whether or not I'm, I'm happy about watching that game or if that's just going to be another one that I go up oh, there. <laughs> yeah. Look, it was just another Thursday night football game, but yeah, at least we have some, we had some type of excitement uh, in this game. So uh, yeah, Rams get the victory, which essentially I know you and I talked about if, the Raiders had any potential opportunity to get into the playoffs. They would probably have to win out. And I think their hopes and dreams have been crushed as of Thursday, um, as far as having any chance of making the playoffs here. So I think that kind of opens up the door now for the chargers uh, to, you know, go out and get a victory this uh, Sunday on um, Sunday night football against Miami, see if they can get in. But as far as our props here, Rod, I know you and I both like Devonte Adams, 71 receiving yards in the first half, a big goose egg in the second half. And I think Derek Carr only had 11 passing yards in the second half, I believe. That one hurt a little bit, Rod. That one really hurt. I don't understand. I mean, you you have a picture-perfect pass to him for that first completion. That was beautiful. Then, right? Even the second one. Yeah, the second one was just as good. And then you go away and then you, you start giving Jacobs the ball even after he hurts his hand, which I mean, he was one yard short of a hundred that even made me even more irritated sitting at a big fat 99 yards, knowing that all he needed to do was just fall forward three feet for a hundred yards. And Devonte Adams just needed one more catch like he had, or even two catches of half yeah. of what he had to get over a hundred yards. It just, I, I don't know what happened. Did the emotion of Derek Carr's speech run out? I don't know. This was what the third or fourth time that they've blown a double digit lead this season in the second half. And I, I just don't know what the Raiders are thinking. Like if throwing the ball was working for you or running the ball, like I understand that Josh Jacobs is having an incredible season so far this year for the Raiders. And he's been, he's leading the league in rushing up until, you know, their game here this week. But at, at the point where you were right, that at the point where we saw where he hurt his hand, like you need to make a conscious effort of getting the ball to your best player, which is Devontae Adams. And I don't understand why they got away from that when it was working for them in the first half and they were able to pull up the points. Um, and they only, I think they only put up a field goal in that second quarter, sorry, in the second half were the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. But again, it, it just really comes down to coaching for me. I think as if you're a Raiders fan, I think that was really frustrating to watch after having a great first half. And then I don't know. I think as soon as you and I started messaging each other about the game, uh, Derek Carr throws that insane. I don't know what he was thinking uh, in that end zone interception. I saw somebody tweet <laughs> on uh, Twitter. They said this looked like that somebody was playing Madden with Derek Carr, and they just pressed the wrong button and threw that interception. <laughs> That is absolutely what it looked like. That ball floated. Look, I, I want to say that was the beginning of the end. When they yeah. got down there, because they had an opportunity, obviously, at worst, it would have been a field goal. But obviously, to come away with no points and to turn the ball over, that pretty much was it. I mean, I think that took the wind out of their sails and just them knowing that, you know, this, this game was going to slip away from them at some point. Yeah, I believe that was off of a turnover that Cam Akers had where he fumbled the football and they drove down and weren't able to produce any points. So like we mentioned, he threw that end in, uh, zone interception. At a point, you got to realize if you're getting tackled, you're in the red zone or you're in within field goal range toward the ends of the half. Just take the sack, get the points, get into halftime and, and you know, regroup from that point. But it's Derek Carr. What do we expect here? But 
Uh, my props, yeah, frustrating night. End up going one and two after Devonte Adams has the um, seventy-one yard receiving, seventy-one receiving yards in the first half. Doesn't get anything in the second half. Uh, Tyler Higby was a, a complete no-show in this game. I think he only finished with two receptions and eleven yards. Uh, Josh Jacobs does get there for us. He got over eighty-eight and a half rushing yards, uh, one yard shy of uh, getting to the big hundo. Uh, and you hit your Jalen Ramsey uh, player prop. That was pretty simple. I think the handicap was spot on there, Rod. Uh, it was it hit in the first half, and I yeah. loved it. It was it was an easy easy hit. So and then the rest, Carr did not throw for thirty three attempts. Yeah. Again, not even a promising start to it at all. Uh, and then what was it? Adams did not get into the uh, end zone, and then as such, because Adams got almost wholly ignored after the couple of good catches, he didn't get to eight catches. So yeah, yeah it was a frustrating night overall to put your baskets in Adams' uh, eggs in Adams' basket. Yeah. Um... I think I probably cursed it on myself because I said at, at halftime, I said our, our props look pretty good and then just went to die in the second half. But hey, look, maybe we can rebound here in the uh, Sunday schedule here, Rod. So, um, yeah, some great games on Sunday. We have some a lot of divisional matchups this week. Uh, I was shocked to see, but uh, it should be a good week of NFL. Hopefully we can catch some winners here. So let's start it off here, Rod, with our player props. I'll let you lead it off here, buddy. What do we got for your first player prop? buying into the Brock Purdy hype uh, for nothing else, because I want to be able to cheer a little louder for the San Francisco quarterback going into uh, the week of play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brock Purdy's uh, passing yards are set at 205 and a half. That's, that's the total for passing yards. Um, And this is coming in at minus one Oh five. Look, Brock Purdy came in in relief last week through for 210 yards. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was in relief. 25 attempts, 30, or, I'm sorry, 37 attempts, 25 completions, 210 yards, didn't even play the whole game. Uh, I have a feeling that he's going to be putting it up, not a lot, a lot, because obviously you've got Christian McCaffrey, but most of that stuff was swinging out to Christian McCaffrey as well. So it's not as if uh, Brock Purdy needs to be launching the ball down the field to Debo and or Ayuk. He can swing pass it out to McCaffrey, and McCaffrey can break off you know, 10 yards, 12 yards on those passing attempts. Um, so I think Bur- uh, Purdy's in a solid situation to have that happen for him. Quarterbacks against the Buccaneers have done this to the tune of Andy Dalton, even 229 yards against them. Again, not barn burning numbers, but we're not asking for anything more than 206 yards. Uh, Jacoby Brissett threw 210. Geno Smith, 275. Uh, Matthew Stafford didn't get there, but Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford. Lamar Jackson, 238 against them. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So quarterbacks have done this against the Buccaneers. And and again, over the last few weeks, almost all of them have. So I think Brock Purdy is going to be in a position to throw a decent amount and 205 yards just does not seem like a far-fetched number for him. Yeah. I think that number one, uh, the Tampa Bay's rush defense has improved over the last three weeks as well. Um, So I think this may be a case where we may see, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense maybe load the box and dare Brock Purdy to throw the football here. But I think you and I talked about this. I think I was talking about this with Scott on the NFL gambling podcast when we were talking about the San Francisco 49ers game is that just the maturity that we saw from Brock Purdy after the game uh, and what we heard from Brandon Ayuk and what we heard, you know, from other guys in that locker room saying, Hey, 
I missed a couple throws to you. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to practice that throughout the week. I'm going to make sure I get the ball to you. And I think those are the type of things that your teammates want to hear. That's what fans want to hear. And I, and I think that he's going to be he's going to be good for this team. And again, it wasn't a relief appearance. And again, now he gets a full week of you know first team reps, saying all the right things. And he's a smart guy, right? And I think that this is an opportunity for him to come out and showcase against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team who just has not been very good this season. There's no doubt about that. Both, I mean, offensive, they've been atrocious. And, you know, their rush defense, like we've talked about, hasn't been the top not or top quality rush defense that we have seen of the past. So I feel like in this game, they'll probably try to load the box and dare Brock Purdy to make those passes. And again, like you mentioned there, Rod, it's not like they're we're asking him to throw for 250 260 270 yards it's only getting us 206 210 yards first to catch this bet so yeah i'm I'm there with you man i i like what i've seen from brock purdy or at least what i've been uh reading about what he said after the game was over against the uh miami dolphins um since we're in that game and since he's going to be throwing the football let's at least hope that he throws 40 of those yards to my man christian mccaffrey in this game um, I took Christian McCaffrey over 39 and a half receiving yards in this game. Last week, Brock Purdy came in. We talked about it. Uh, CMC ended up with eight receptions and 80 yards in that game against Miami. And I think this might be an opportunity that, hey, the Kyle Shanahan probably wants to manage Brock Purdy uh, more in this game where he's not making mistakes necessarily down the field or forcing things down the field, where if he doesn't see something down the field, Hey, CMC's in the flat. CMC's ha- I have a check down with CMC. Let me throw him the football. Let 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 him do his work uh after making the catch. And I think that asking him, CMC to get 40 yards here, I don't think it's a tall order. Like I mentioned, the rush defense has been better for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um so I think that you'll we'll see opportunities for whether it's, you know, slant passes, screen passes, uh passes in the flat, check down passes. Uh I think that those opportunities will be there for CMC. So they kind of correlated for both of us here, Rod. Uh, you're on the Brock Purdy over, and I'm taking CMC over 39 and a half uh, receiving yards in this game. It doesn't take much for him. All he's got to do is break a few off, and and obviously we know Christian McCaffrey is more than capable of doing that. And you know, for Brock Purdy side of it as well, he does have Debo Samuel. He does get Ayuk, who have gigantic yak potential, just like Christian McCaffrey. And I mean, who knows? It could only be two passes to get McCaffrey over that that number. So. Um, yeah, I, I very much like that because again, I like McCaffrey. Um, I, I just hope he stays healthy. That's always been my thing about him. It's not that I don't like him. Just want him to stay healthy, to be the player that we know he can be. Uh, all right, Ryan, let's get over to your next player. Probably. What do you got? All right. I got a little combo action that I found, uh, on a book and you can look at it for it as well. Uh, this one's a weekly special. That's Tyree kill over a hundred receiving yards and Raheem Mostert over 50 rushing yards. Coming in at a cool plus three thirty, Tyreek Hill over a hundred. Do I have to make a case for no. that? I mean, obviously against the Chargers, uh, it's just not as if he can't do it. Last week against San Francisco, one hundred forty-six yards. Uh, he's at one hundred forty-three against Chicago, one hundred eighty-eight against Detroit. King of hundred-yard games, right? So I, I don't need to really handicap that part of it, uh, except to say that the Chargers might be a little bit more difficult, but. It's still Tyreek Hill. Now, Raheem Mostert over 50. That might be the one that gets a lot of people a little bit squishy because of the fact that he doesn't necessarily do that all the time. And we've seen this backfield sort of backfire on them after they drafted every single or and I'm drafted, but uh, pulled in every single San Francisco 49er running back off the heap. Mm -hmm. 
last week against the Niners. He had 30 yards, but before that, he had 65 against Cleveland. Uh, down week against Chicago for 26, but 64 against Detroit, 79 against Pittsburgh. He had 113 against the Jets, 69 against the, uh, the Bengals. But where this begins and it ends, Munaf, is the simple fact that this Chargers rushing defense against running backs, horrendous. They are averaging 134.92 yards to running backs alone. Josh Jacobs, 144 yards against them last week. James Conner, 120. Isaiah Pacheco, 107. Elijah Mitchell, 89. Uh, Tyler Algier, 99. Kenneth Walker, 167. Munaf, this this team is bad against the run. Yeah, this team is definitely bad. And, I mean, look, you take a look at what you just mentioned, that the rushing yards that they are giving up per game is this Chargers defense. Um, 135, if I want to round it up, per game. Yards per carry, it's the alarming stat, Rod. 5.6 yards per carry that they're allowing to opposing running backs. Um, I'm offended you didn't mention my guy, Damian Pierce. 14 carries, 100. (laughs) I mean, even, yeah, Damian Pierce, 14 carries, 131 yards. I mean, you mentioned it. Look how many, like, you can count on one hand how many teams they've held under 100 yards. One, two, three. And that was the first two weeks of the regular season where the Chiefs are running uh, backs were two yards away from getting to 100, and the Broncos were about 25 yards away. Other than that, they have given up a hundred or more yards. I mean, I can even go up to a hundred and twenty yards that they've given up to every single club, except for those uh, three teams. So, yeah, I'm there with you. I, I think that Tyree Kill's reputation, or yeah, reputation, I guess we can say, or his ability uh, is—we're is, not questioning that. And again, he's familiar with his Chargers team. Let's not forget that because he was in the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs, so. He knows how you know this defense plays um, for the uh, – uh, sorry, I'm about to say San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. So, yeah, I love it. I think this is going to be the game, Rod, where we see the Miami Dolphins, what we're used to seeing throughout the season, where they've been able to flex their muscles a little bit on the offensive side because they were very limited last week against your 49ers. So I think this might be the game going up against a very, very porous defense uh, where they may put up. 30 plus points in this game. And I'm pretty sure I think that they will do that in this game. So Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert, I love it. I think they're going to have to flex their muscles a little bit. And we're not sure about Jalen Waddle either, Rod. He, he left last game injured. Yeah. So if that, yeah, Waddle's out, that definitely opens up a path for Tyreek Hill over 100. It, yeah. it seems like it's a better bet than <laughs> Devontae Adams over 100 last night. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let me get over to my player prop. Uh, I'm going to go to – I have a lot of quarterbacks this week. Let's start Deshaun Watson. I'm going to fade him under 225-and-a-half passing yards. Definitely shop around for this number because I'm starting to see it at 222-and-a-half, but plenty of 225-and-a-halves out there. Last week against the Texans, not very good for uh, Deshaun Watson, right? 12 of 22, 131 passing yards. Now they're asking him to go on the road here to Cincinnati in a divisional game where last week, I mean, the facts are the facts. He may, he's, he hasn't seen the playing field for two plus years. And it's, it's a different story where you're practicing with these guys, 
but it's a different story when you're actually in a game having to pass the ball going up against opposing defenses, right? Uh, I know Cincinnati has been kind of a bend-don't-break type of situation um, as far as their defense goes, but for Deshaun Watson, I, it's just I'm just going to keep fading him until you know he started to look like Deshaun Watson again. And I don't think that not may not happen over the final couple of weeks for Watson because he needs more playing time. But you also look at the Cincinnati Bengals. There's been games where they've haven't given up a lot of passing yards. They've allowed 174, 162, 124, 164 again. So it's not like they've not been able to limit opposing quarterbacks. Even last week, I think Patrick Mahomes only had 230 passing yards against the Cincinnati Bengals defense. So I'm going to wait until this rust actually falls off for Deshaun Watson and keep fading him. So give me the under two, 225 and a half passing yards for Watson this week. So, I mean, look, I know we we deal with a lot of stats on this show, and I know that we're we're basically a statistic-driven uh, uh, show because of the, the, way, the nature of props. But... <laughs> Narrative plays a lot this as well. And he got his ass handed to him last week. Granted, again, all the arguments that you can make, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have a lot of practice. Well, he's a new team. But the guy that just, like, he took his spot, went over to a team he'd been on for 48 hours, not even 48 hours, took him down the field to a win. Yeah. You, you can't, no. All the distractions that are uh, in Deshaun Watson's corner are playing a, a huge part in his game on the field right now. And, and, I don't know any other team that's that's more pissed off right now than the fact that they watch their former quarterback, their ex, go and be successful in another stadium. <laughs> it's got to burn the Browns something awful right now. Yeah, and I think that we may also probably see more of a running attack this week from the uh, sorry from the Cleveland Browns as well uh, with Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt uh, in this game. So yeah, I'm going to fade Deshaun Watson here. Uh, all right, before we continue our player props here, let me tell you guys where you can get down on these player props, and that's going to be over at WinBet. And if you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100 to win 100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Rod, let's keep it going here, my man. What do you got for your next player prop uh, for this NFL Week 14 slate? Let's turn to the defensive side of the world because you know I love me some total tackle uh, props. And this time I'm going to go with TJ Watt. Uh, His total tackles are set at four and a half. I want the over on this one and it's plus money, uh, which is at plus 115. You know I love plus money bets and I love them with total tackles and defense. Uh, I know this is a plus money because since JJ or JJ Watt, since TJ Watt has come back, uh, he's had the last two games only three total tackles against the Falcons and against Indianapolis. But before that, he had six against Cincinnati, six against Cincinnati again, four against New Orleans. Look, here's the thing. With Tyler Huntley in there, 
you know, this is not Lamar Jackson anymore. And I don't know that this offense is going to be as versatile. We know Tyler Huntley is, is good and can run this offense, but I still think a guy like TJ Watt is going to be able to creep around that line of scrimmage. He's going to have to, to stop a couple more of those runs that they're going to want to do. Cause even Tyler Huntley takes off as well. So, you know, all it takes is for him to kind of get out in the out and let TJ Watt chase him down. I feel like that's going to give him a few more opportunities to, to get two more tackles, at least in a game than what he's got over the last couple, because, you know, like I said, this is, this is the Ravens. They like to run the ball a lot. Whereas, you know, Atlanta, Indiana, Indianapolis, not necessarily the, the run first teams that, uh, that the, the Ravens are. So I think a good matchup for him gives him a couple more tackles than he is. He's had the last couple of weeks and gets you over that mark and get you plus plus one fifteen for it. Seven straight career games. TJ Watt has had at least five tackles against the Ravens. And it's what what you just said, right? Is that because the Baltimore Ravens love running the football. I know Tyler Huntley's in there. We know he's on Lamar Jackson, but like you mentioned, he does like taking off with the football. Um, And they're, you know, going to want to run the football here as well. Whether that's with, you know, Kenyon Drake, whether that's, you know, I'm not sure if Gus Edwards is in the game or not, but they're going to be looking to run the football. And I think that's going to open up the opportunities like it has in his career against the, uh, against the uh, Ravens for TJ Watt to get this number. So I get and get out of plus price when he's done it seven straight times in his career against the uh, Steelers. I mean, I'm sorry against the Ravens. Uh, I, I can't argue against that. Um, all right. For my next player prop, I mean, I'm going to go over to a team that is looking for revenge this week. And that's going to be the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen over 43 and a half rushing yards in this game. And Josh Allen has faced his Jets team eight times in his career. He's gone over his projection in five of those eight meetings, including the one earlier this season in Meadowlands where they did take the uh, loss, did the Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets. But in that game, uh, Rod, he ran for 86 yards on nine attempts against that Jets defense. And he's also gone over this projection and for the last five meetings against uh, the Jets, I believe. Let me check that out. Either it was either it's either that he's done that against the Jets in his four of his last five meetings, or he's done that in four of his last five games. Let me double check here. Uh, Josh Allen rushing yards. Um, yeah, four of his last five games against the uh, Jets in his career. So, and he's kind of he's gone over it. Right? He's had fifty or more in four of those last five games as well for uh, the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, this is a game that this team had circled after their loss uh, that they suffered, and I think this was the game where Josh Allen's elbow injury occurred. But I think that, again, this is going to be a game where Josh Allen and this team knows that they have to come out and take care of business against a divisional opponent looking for revenge. I think it's going to be on the legs or his legs will be involved in this game, running the football, at least for Josh Allen. So 43 and a half. I'll take the over here, Rod. Well, Josh Allen, we've talked about this. I think we talk about this a lot in the fact that all it takes is for him to break a couple off and and it's not even close. You know, a lot of times they like to respect his arm, obviously, with Stefan Diggs and, you know, and Adam Thielen and, and KJ Osborne and all those safeties clear out and those corners try to cover as well. Well, that just leaves the middle of the field open for for Allen to, to jet through. So, you know, yeah, it just takes a couple long ones to, to get it through. And I think uh, there's a path for that this time. Yep. Um, you have any more player props? I do, as a matter of fact. Yeah, let's do it. Prepared. Yeah, here we go. Um, all right, I'm going to take a look at Dalvin Cook and his matchup with the 
uh, Lions. His carries are set at 17 and a half. I'm going to take the under on this one. This is at plus 105. I don't think he's going to get to 18 carries. And I say that knowing full well this is plus money because the last two games he's had 20 and 22 carries respectively. But before the three games before that, he had 11 against Dallas, 14 against Buffalo, 17 against Washington. He's really only had more than 17 carries those two times and three times on top of that, four times on top of that. So it's kind of an iffy, iffy situation. But I think what really is going to weigh this is the fact that the Lions, believe it or not, are not allowing too many rushing uh, rushing attempts to lead backs. Travis Etienne, 13 carries last week. Devin Singletary, 14 the week before. Saquon Barkley, 15. Khalil Herbert, 10. So you kind of have to go all the way back, in fact, to... Uh, Ramondre Stevenson in week five to find the first one, first running back to carry for more than 17 or well, 18 times really uh, where he had 25 carries. The last time that these two teams met back in week three, Dalvin cook only touched the ball, only carried the ball 17 times. So didn't even get to 18. Now he did have 96 yards and a touchdown with that, mm-hmm. but it was only 17 times. So uh, we've seen Madison come in to kind of spell some things, but again, Detroit's not letting, a lot of teams uh, carry the ball against them quite a bit. And I think this is another one where Dalvin may see 14, 15, 16 carries, but not 18. Also, I think they've been mixing in Alexander Madison as well for this uh, Minnesota Vikings team. And I think that when you're getting to this point of the season, I think that if the Minnesota Vikings do win this game here, they do clinch the division. Um, but again, they are in control of this division. And you got to keep in mind that you want to keep a guy like Dalvin Cook healthy and 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 fresh for a playoff run if they so choose to make one i don't think they will i think they'll get eliminated around one but that's a conversation for later but um i and again i think there's going to be a game where i think it's going to be a shootout right and i think it's going to be on the shoulders of both quarterbacks your kirk cousins uh jared goff and i think that maybe not running the football wise dalvin cook even though he's had success against his lions team but even if he does have success he's been gashing this rush defense uh, for big yardage. I mean, you can just go back and look at his game log against the Lions. I mean, his yards per carry against the Lions has been just through the roof. So, um, and again, like I said, you know, they, they've been mixing in Madison as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't argue against this. Um, I'll throw out one more. Uh, we talked about it. I know the guy is not Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley. I think this number is a little conservative for his rushing yards uh, this week. That number, I think, was at 42 and a half for him. Let me double check here. Should I have written it down? Uh, Tyler Huntley, where are you? 45 and a half now. But, you know, we've we seen him take off uh, running the football at least, right? And and I'm going back to last week against the um, Denver Broncos where he came into relief. He ran the ball 10 times in that game and accumulated 41 yards. Now, for Tyler Huntley, I know he was in here or had to play last season as well, right around this time where Lamar Jackson had hurt his ankle. And he came in against the Steelers team in that game or towards one of those uh, games where he ran for 72 yards in that game against the uh, Steelers. So, not sure how much Jim Harbaugh trusts him throwing the football, but rushing the football, running the football, 
I'm, I, I, I can get behind that for Tyler Huntley. So I'll take the over 45 and a half here, Rod, for him. Well, like I said, and I always say, Baltimore's a triple option offense, and it's no surprise that their backup running back is about as mobile as their starting quarterback. So, yeah. um, you know, we've seen Lamar break off 100-yard games all season long, which is probably why he's on the shelf right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't foresee a situation in which his backup won't end up doing close to the same. And you're right, that number is very conservative for a team that uses its quarterback from pretty much like a running back, you know, like a, like a military academy type of a, of a running back. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any more player props before we get into touchdown props here? I've exhausted all of mine. All right. Let's get into some touchdown props here as now Netherlands and Argentina are in a penalty shootout. So I will be distracted for the rest of the show here, Rod. But uh, <laughs> let's let's get into our touchdown props here, my man. What do we got for this week? Uh, all right. Well, I am going to go to the Kansas City game and I I. Again, it's kind of difficult to find a lot of value in in some of the like easier touchdown calls, right? I mean, I'm starting to see books tighten up now around some of those. So I'm going to dig a little deeper. I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco uh, at plus 115. He's going against, up against the Broncos, which is probably why this number is is as generous as it is. The Broncos haven't given up a rushing touchdown since week eight uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, against the Titans, they held Derrick Henry out of the end zone they held josh jacobs out of the end zone um whatever running backs the panthers threw at him uh whether it was foreman or hunt hunt uh hubbard out and then they kept Kenyon drake and the whole all that whole running back core out of the end zone but this is an isaiah pacheco that's found the end zone in the last two games and that the chiefs are starting to give a little bit of love to uh 22 carries against the rams 14 against cincinnati 15 and 16 so they're giving him the ball for, for whatever reason they're giving him the ball. I love it, by the way. I love Pacheco. Yeah. I think he's a fantastic talent. Um, but they're starting to give him a lot more chances, and he's he's rewarding them. Um, and, and he's found the end zone two weeks in a row. I think it's a third. I don't think Denver can keep Pacheco out of the end zone because I think he's that talented of a back, and he's on a roll, and the Chiefs are on a roll. And he's going to get a lot of opportunity because I don't see this Broncos team keeping this close. This game is probably going to end up being you know, ridiculous. And I think Pacheco's going to get in the end zone and, and be part of that. As great as the Denver's defense has been, there's been one area uh, they've been lacking and it's been uh, in their, their rush defense, right? If you take a look at what they've given up on the ground compared to what they give up through the air, um, it, there, there's a significant difference there. Now I talked about Isaiah Pacheco. He, it's his job to lose now. And I think that's why they drafted him, right? I'm not sure if they believe in uh, CEH. I know he's on the uh, IR for the rest of the season. Uh, but this guy runs with anger. If you watch this guy play, he runs with anger. Um, but, you know, he's he, you have to get – at a point, it's going to come for this team, and I think they found their guy, where they're going to have to get a established running game to protect to – protect, to protect – to protect – Patrick Mahomes and and you know you can't just have Mahomes going out there every single week throwing for 40 45 times at a time it's just it's not good for you know shoulder and longevity so I think they found their running back here in Pacheco I like it man I picked him up off on one of my teams uh for fantasy purposes and he's absolutely been crushing it ever since he took over as a starting running back for this team so I can get behind that um I am gonna double dip on one of my player props here for a gentleman to find the end zone and that was gonna be Josh Allen uh, I was surprised to see this number at plus money against the Jets here this week. So 
Uh, Josh Allen was at plus 145. He had two in the game against the uh, Jets in the matchup in the Meadowlands at plus 140. For the ability that he has running the football and and you know the issues that they've had in the red zone, uh, have the uh, Buffalo Bills. I think this might be a game where he wants to utilize his feet to get into the end zone and put up those points. So at plus 140, uh, I was shocked to see. I thought it would be closer to even money or maybe like a plus 110. But at plus 140, I will go ahead and, and then take Josh Allen uh, to find the end zone here against the New York Jets here, Rod. He's the best goal line back they've got. So I, I definitely don't when they get up to the to the <laughs> two yards that's you know it's all about Josh Allen loading it up on a on a quarterback sneak. So yeah, I mean I love it because it's a CFL version of of what we watch all the time. I, not not enough teams quarterback sneak it on third and fourth and one in my opinion. Yeah, I was shocked to see there was a fourth and one that happened last night. And Josh McDaniels actually called a quarterback sneak. I was shocked to see that, Rod. <laughs> they didn't the fourth and one before, and it caused yeah. the opportunity to yeah. keep the drive going. It did, yeah. Uh, but again, I'm not sure how long Josh McDaniels is going to be the head coach of the Raiders. But they did pay him a lot of money. It's going to cost them a lot of money to uh, get rid of that contract. But I think they need to figure some things out in Raiders. But again, that's an off-season conversation. <laughs> All right, buddy. That's going to do it. NFL Week 14 player props. Uh, prop wanna, yes, episode in the books. You want to you best bet it? Why do I always forget this? Because you're ready to move on. You just want to watch the games, man. You, you want to win money. That's all there is to it. I always forget this. Best bets time. Let's do it, Rod. <laughs> get, get us in best bets. What do you got for this week? My best bet is the uh, Hill and Mostert combo. I like the price. Plus 330 for Tyreek Hill to get over 100 and Mostert to get over 50 yards. Uh, Tyreek, 100 receiving, Mostert, 50 rushing. I just think at plus 330, that's your printing money at this point. Yeah, I like it. Look, I think this is going to be a game where, again, we've seen it throughout the season for this Miami Dolphins team where they flex their muscles against porous defenses. And again, this is going to be one of those games where I, like we talked about it earlier, that I think this is going to be the game where Miami puts up 30 plus points. They get four touchdowns, and it's going to have to be on the back of those two gentlemen. Talked about Jalen Waddle. He, he left a game injured last week. So I think Tyree Kill should have a big game. We talked about the familiarity that he has with his Chargers team, uh, uh, Chargers defense, I'm sorry, when with the Chiefs. And again, you highlighted at volumes how bad this charges rush defense is so uh yeah i think those two guys should have a big week for the um Miami dolphins offense um for my best bet uh let us go with mm, you know what i'm gonna fade deshaun watson this week give me the under 225 and a half passing yards again the guy missed two straight years of uh playing actual football on the field playing football in an actual game and practice is completely different. We saw how rusty he was. He was short on some of the passes uh, this week or sorry, last week against the Texans. And I just think that again, uh, he's going to struggle in this divisional game against the Cincinnati Bengals. So give me Sean Watson under 225 and a half as my best bet. And I says, I say that Argentina has advanced to the semifinals of the world cup. My man, I, I, I applaud all of you who love soccer. <laughs> I am going to get you into it, my man. I am going to, I am going to get you into it some way, somehow <laughs> it's called soccer. 
<laughs> it's called soccer. <laughs> I was funny that I was gonna uh, if if USA would have beat England, I know they uh, it was a draw. I said if they would have beat them, we officially have to make it. Uh, it's called soccer now instead of football. But um, unfortunately, we didn't. USA didn't do that well uh, in the World Cup. But still a young group. I'm gonna get you into it. Don't worry. We'll see. <sighs> All right, now that'll do it for this episode <laughs> of the NFL. Uh, week 14 player props here on the propcast. Rod, anything else we forgot to mention before we get out of here, my man? Nah, I I, I nudged you enough to get the best bets in there, so we're all good. <laughs> and that's probably the most important part is having our best bets and letting our listeners know where we're putting our money. So, uh, yeah, definitely got that in. And I think that's three out of the last four weeks what I've forgotten. So if we have to put odds on it for next week, if I forget best bets, that's probably going to be around minus 150. And then uh, it'll be minus 200 for Rod to remind me about uh, we got to do best bets. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, that's going to be in the books. Uh, anything else uh, you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Nope, just follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's In Between Media, all that stuff and everything I do for the SGPN, all there in Twitter at RJ Gomez. Yep. Make sure to follow Rod on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Do me a solid. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to download the SGPN app. Uh, make sure to check out the merch store. I know some of you guys are still doing your holiday shopping. Uh, a lot of great stuff there on the merch store for that DGen and your life, and a lot of great uh, stocking stuffers as well. So definitely check out the uh, merch store, and again, download the SGPN app, all the content, all the pods that are happening across the network right there at your fingertips. All right, we'll be back next week as usual for the Thursday night football game. I believe we do have your San Francisco 49ers next Thursday on Thursday night football, Rod. So that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, till then... Good luck with your bets this weekend. Be responsible. Let's break these books off and let it ride. (laughs) 